open your Bibles tonight to 2 Timothy. We're going to kick off right there. Second Timothy is right after First Timothy. That's the clue. <laughs> Throw a word at you tonight. You don't hear it a whole lot in the realm of church and religion and what have you anymore anyway. You don't hear it a lot. You used to hear it a lot years back. You heard it a lot. See how many of you <clears throat> grab a hold of this if you when I throw it your way, just kind of just kind of define it within yourself and we'll kind of move around a little bit and get some discussion. You ever heard of sanctification? Amen. Amen. Sanctification. What in the world is that? Oh, hallelujah. It's more and more becoming a missing element of Christianity, first of all. Uh-huh. Uh, biblically we find it in uh, both the Old and New Testament actually uh, some derivative of the word or implication of it uh, expansion of it we find it a lot in the Old Testament and several times in the New and even in the day and I'm not going to try to turn to a lot of scriptures tonight uh, just kind of kind of bring you up to where we're at and uh, what we're discussing tonight but what was the first Thing. Somebody wants to volunteer. What's the first thing you thought of when I said that? Sanctification. What's the first thing you thought of? Somebody. Uh, unification or completion. Unification or completion. Okay, that's good. All right. Remember that one? Somebody else. My first thought was just cleansed. Cleansed. Okay. Cleansed. Anybody else? Did anybody here not know what it means? It's okay. We don't know what a lot of things are. We need to learn them. We need to learn what sanctification is. I promise you we do. Uh, something's happened in the this realm that we're all operating in. And I, I say we, uh, sometimes I reluct, I'm reluctant to say we because I think we're doing pretty good. And uh, But all in all, the process that the enemy's about, and I talk a lot about the enemy here, but the process he's about is to eliminate the elements of true Christianity and to snatch them away if he can. To cause people to think that it's not important or not necessary anymore. I mean, I can't begin to describe to you his tactics. And you hear this over and over. Brother Tanner's taught, I've taught, we've preached, trying to identify and bring us here to the realization that there is a real enemy and he has a real mission, and I just talked about that recently. Uh, and a lot of his mission and goal and attempts is to strip away from us what we have. Not necessarily to keep us from getting any more, which he does that too, but just to strip away from us what we have, the crucial elements of Christianity and pleasing us to God. That, that's where we need to be headed, is trying to please God. Uh, it's become something in the day we're living in, and the the structure, we call it religious structure or whatever, that 
this isn't really such an important issue. And we kind of lay it all, Jesus just, he'll just take care of it all and I can do what I want to do, live how I want to live and I can meddle in things or just whatever is fine. The Bible directs us towards sanctification from the Old Testament all the way through the New. So let's break it down tonight and let's talk about what really is it? What's it mean to be sanctified? What, what does that hold? Is anybody interested in that? Amen. It's kind of got a religious tone in itself that sanctified. It should have because it definitely is. To be sanctified is to, or to, to sanctify ourselves, be sanctified. Sanctification is all from the same root. It's talking about a dedication and a commitment to sacredness. Which separates us from unsacredness, or should, if we understand it, if we receive it, if we take it, if we apply it. And this particular subject that we're talking about tonight will also take us places in the Lord. Without it, I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. It's not going to happen. And I've had a lot of people over the years want this, want to do this for God, want to get involved in that, want, want to do that, but they have a real issue because they've got problems. They've got problems that distance themselves from the, from the Lord that hinder them. Sometimes it's even like a wall up between them until they get that taken care of. They're never going to really be able to involve themselves and to receive the joy of working for the Lord like we could or they should. So, if we consecrate ourselves, let's talk about that a little bit. What does consecrate mean? That's another kind of religious word. What's that mean? Anybody want to stab at it? Kind of like sealing it. Putting a seal on it. That's good. Uh, Actually, that seal is on us. Uh, we should say it this way we should have a desire to seal ourselves for God and that goes along with dedication and commitment if we consecrate and you can think about uh, many churches have uh, <coughs> consecration services for say new building uh, different things and I know a lot of them just objects a building is just an object but that you know for generations and generations that kind of thing's taking place but we're talking about our soul we're talking about consecrating our heart our soul our life that's what the Bible's talking about it's not talking about a shrine or some object or a musical instrument or a building however big or however luxurious it might be that's not what it's talking about when it talks about sanctifying it's talking about us sanctifying ourselves to who? to the Lord so it requires a separation. In a big way, that's that's really what sanctifying means, to separate ourselves from the elements that can contaminate us, which is worldly living, worldly things, worldly desires, worldly <coughs> lust, fleshly lust. There's a lot of things that can prevent us and keep us from really advancing in the kingdom of God. Sometimes, yes, like we want to, but we just don't realize there's issues at hand, even within us, 
that's keeping us and preventing us from doing that. So let's look here in uh, 2 Timothy as we start. Chapter number 2. Verse number 20. Paul's writing. He says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Where's the great house? He's talking about church. There's vessels of dishonor in the church. Absolutely. How do we know that? Because the Bible says. These areas, this being one of them that we discuss, are not popular at all. I'm going to tell you. Because sanctification meddles with us. Or it should. I've had people tell me, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to receive the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? Then you need to be doing something. It's called cleaning up. Sanctification in a big way, you said it, cleanse or to clean up. What are we going to clean up? This thing. I thought Jesus done all the cleaning. That's the thought. He can clean. But we've got responsibility too. That's another, this hyper grace business. He just comes in and cleans and takes care of all your issues. You never have to put any effort forth. You don't ever have to think about it. Just keep doing what you're doing, living like you're living. Even if it's sinful or whatever, Jesus will take care of it. Well, he can take care of it, but it, there's a lot of responsibility that's placed upon us biblically. This is one of them. Indeed, the Lord came to sanctify through the cross, through the shedding of his blood but in the days we're going to get back to the scripture I, I wrote or I, not wrote but I read here in a minute I want to go to the Old Testament first because many times we see God leading and Moses Joshua right on through the ranks many times over and over Ezekiel speaks of it this multiple books in the Old Testament talks about sanctifying if that wasn't important, the Bible wouldn't talk about it. Amen. And we can argue, well, that's Old Testament stuff. We're living in a new period now. It's still Bible. It's still talked about in the New Testament. When great things were about to happen or God wanted to do great things with His people, namely the Israelites... He would call them or have one of the leaders call them to guess what? Before anything happened, guess what he called them to do? Sanctify themselves. Why? Why? It's a reference, but why? Why not just go ahead and do it, God? 
Preparation is a seed. Because maybe he's not going to do it if you don't sanctify yourself. Same thing applies to our life. We can want, we can desire, we can wish, we can beg. But if there's issues going on within us, there's problems. As far as wanting to advance in God's kingdom and do great things and again receive the joy of it and the blessing of ministering to other folks. That's what this whole thing's about. Some have forgotten that one too. It's about ministering to other people. Not to me, 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 myself and I. That's a whole other thing that we're seeing a whole lot of today. I think that's a, a, a good reason for that. lies right with what we're talking about tonight. When we sanctify ourselves, spiritual things begin to open up to us. We begin to experience things of the Holy Spirit. It's another qualifier with the gifts of the Spirit. I've already spoken that. Even baptism of the Holy Spirit, sanctification. There's arguments to this. You can argue all you want to. Open the Bible and read it. Again, it's all here. So, continuing in Timothy, he's talking about in this great house there's vessels of gold and silver. There's also of wood and earth. Some translations say clay or whatever, or wood even. Wood and earth. Some to honor and some to dishonor. Now, what Paul is doing here is making a differentiation between the two. And basically what we see is wherever you're at, it's going to be the case. It's never going to be 100% honor. There's always going to be this elements of the term he uses is dishonor, and he's talking about honor to God or dishonor to God. You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, I want to be one that honors God. I do not want to be one that dishonors God. I mean, everything God has done for us, the cross and Jesus and the sacrifice and giving us new life and eternal life and everything else that goes on and on, again, this is much reason why we should consider that and want to be pleasing and honoring to Him. But it goes further than that. Uh, there's instances in the Old Testament with some I've already named where even battles, battles that were for the sake of the country, we're still in one why didn't God answer prayer there might be a reason when the nation's doing everything ungodly and wicked and evil and leaders are promoting it everything you can imagine well how you think God's going to bless he's not he's not over and over and over we see it through scripture he calls us to sanctify every time you turn around. He told Moses, he said, go tell the people to go down there and sanctify themselves. He told Joshua before they crossed the Jordan River bearing the Ark of the Covenant, tell the people to sanctify themselves because they're going to see great things tomorrow. Tomorrow's pretty quick. And I thought, reading the Bible, I thought, what if they hadn't them? Would it have been the same results or would have God just said, not till you do? I think it's much that way. Not until you do. There's instances of that in the Word. Uh, we know all about Achan. Joshua and Achan, we know all about that. Not doing anything till you get sin out of the camp, folks. That's what God said. and They got it out all right. You said, I'm telling you, they sanctified things. 
gold, silver, wood, and earth. Now look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor. Now he's talking about the ladder, the wood and the earth. The gold and the silver are honorable. The wood and the earth are dishonorable. What does he say? Purge? What does purge mean? Dust off a little bit? No. Ignore it? Pretend it's not there? Somebody tell me what purge means. Get it out. Get it out. David said in the 57th Psalm, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be white as snow. Who's he asking to do that? God. God, of course. You know, remember when the, the death angel visited Egypt? Or was getting ready to visit Egypt? What did God tell the Israelites to do? Sanctify yourself. Take hyssop. Everybody know what hyssop was? It's a plant with leaves, stems. Take hyssop, dip it in the blood of the lamb, and put it on your lentils and your doorposts. What did that do? It sanctified. For what reason? Get the enemy away from your house. Amen. Every firstborn in the land of Egypt, if it be animal, if it be fowl, if it be person, if it be whatever, on the night that, that this took place, they all died. Except, the, guess who? Israelites. Why? Why did it not affect them? Because they did what God said. See, it wasn't just painting something red on your doorpost. It was by faith accepting what the word of the Lord said. Sanctify yourselves, prepare yourselves, because something's getting ready to happen. I'm going to tell you, something's getting ready to happen. I ain't talking about Egypt, thousand. I'm talking about here pretty quick. Something's getting ready to happen. And it's about preparing ourselves. Sanctifying ourselves. Cleaning ourselves up. Yes, we're washed in the blood. If you're saved and you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, yes. But it's what we wade around in and what we get on us that makes the difference being sanctified or not. And I'm talking about things that are contaminating and polluting to our spirituality. It's everywhere. Does anybody agree with me on that? Yeah. It's hanging in the atmosphere. It's blowing like a dust storm. It, you can't go out without getting it on you. It's called evil. It's called wickedness. It's, it, it's just like pollen in the air. If you ever get something real messy and you can't wait to get home and get a shower and get it off of you because it's just messing with you, think about it spiritually. What, what's the only way you can get it off of you? Sanctification. Cleansing. Okay. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified, there's a word right there, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared under every good work. There's a prepared. Prepared. We've talked a lot around here recently and nearing ourselves to God, right? 
We're coming closer to the Lord. Here it is, folks. It's right here. This is the path. You're not going to near yourself to God by doing ungodly things. You're, you're not going to come closer to the Lord by being dishonored. It requires something. And this is a huge requirement. And again, I know there's a lot of argument because there's people, even people that stand behind pulpits and tell you, that's a bunch of hogwash. You don't have to do that. It's all already been done, so you don't have to worry about it or care about it. I, I differ with that. I've seen too much evidence of it. If you want good things from God, then you got to do good things for Him. You got to please, you know, want to please Him, have that desire. And here, I mean, Paul's laying it out, and he's basically stopping right here in this segment of Scripture, and he's telling Timothy, this is it. You're, you're on the ministry trail for the Lord, and you've got to get this. You've got to understand this. You're going to go places. Timothy was going places. He was a young evangelist. Paul had been to a lot of places. And Paul had visited churches, and he knew good and well, hey, there's going to be some there that's dishonorable, and there's going to be some that's honorable. And again, you're never going to escape that thing. You're never going to get 100%. But you can get 100% with yourself, and that's where it's got to start. It's not by somebody else's fault and trying to help them get sanctified. It starts at home. I think the necessity is growing, if I can put it that way. The necessity to understand this and to begin it and to start the process, it's growing. The necessity growing because there's something getting ready to hit this world. You're going to have to be one strong spiritual individual if you're going to survive. If not, you're going to wash out. I can back it up with more scripture. That's just the case. So he's what he's talking about here, uh, again, the verse is meat for the master's use is, is simply useful. How can you be useful if you're not following biblical principles? Now, we can all relate. I'm, I've said some things tonight. Probably got some of your imaginations because you've, you've had some observations and you're seeing. I mean, it's the seems like the uh, spirit of iniquity is magnifying and growing just on a second by second basis and it just remember the enemy's mission is always to affect the church right he's got the world he don't have to try to get the world he's got it but he's working on the church and this element right here again he's trying to strip it out by making people believe it's not necessary we need holiness right we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is another area. He don't visit dishonorable. He don't visit ungodly. He visits honorable and godly. And we need that. The church around the globe needs that. People need to understand and get this sanctification process and understand there are requirements on my part to sanctify myself further to honor God and accordingly to receive the things God wants to give to me to further support and strengthen me spiritually. Amen. But without it, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It amazes me more all the time as I, as I watch. and the, the hoops people jump through trying to gain some spirituality, you know what I'm talking about? That are the wrong hoops this is a very simple one, but it's one that's 
either not really understood or it's not much desired. The louder the music, the better it's got to be, right? The more lights that are strobing and blinking and blinding everybody, then it's just got to be better, right? The smoke that's rising off the stage and wisping through the congregation, it's just got to make it better, right? You see where I'm going? Or did I lose you? Serious, I want you to get this. What's worship becoming? Artificial. That's a guise. That's a disguise. I'm not knocking all worship. Don't get me wrong. Sanctification. When, when the priest of old entered the temple or even the tabernacle of the covenant before a temple was ever built, they had to sanctify themselves. And they had a process to go through. They had to sanctify the vessels and the instruments and the place itself as they went through it. They didn't just waltz in with everything in the world and disrespect the house of God and whatever is good for me, that's okay. Don't tell me that I can't do what I want to do in the house of God. Folks, that's prevalent today. There is a thing called respecting the house of God. There is a thing called revering the house of God. It's not a cafe. It's not a drinking bar. You just kind of getting too technical, Brother John, but I'm just telling you. Respect is respect. This is a sacred place. Any house of God should be treated as a sacred place, not a wine and dine. Okay? Truth don't set real well sometimes, but the truth is the truth. You read this Bible, and I guarantee you, Jesus took a whip and run them out of the temple because they were defiling it. Amen. Matter of fact, before he run them out, he braided it. He was winding it together. He knew what he was getting ready to do. You know what he told them? He said, you've made my father's house a house of thieves. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. And he Amen. went to work and chunked them out. See, there's some honorable and some dishonorable. When we understand, and through basically love for God, love for God generates everything, right? When we love this thing out here, you're going to lose love for God. You said it the other night. You're not going to serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. Hate it's, you can't do it. There's a lot of people trying. A lot of people trying to fit the bill of Christian, but they're chasing this thing out here more than they're chasing God. Tell me how you can be a Christian and do that. You can't. I don't care what they say. I don't care what book you read that tells you your destiny's in your bank account and your prosperous living and all that. Listen to me, folks. The Word the Word. When we learn to sanctify ourselves and put ourselves actually to the task of it, because it's work. I'm not standing here not trying to tell you it's work because you've got to cut some things out of your life. You've got to throw some things away. You've got to get rid of some stuff. You've got to stop doing some things you're doing and start doing some things you ought to be doing. Right. 
Sanctification is a process. Involves a lot of things. I remember the Lord dealing with me when I first received the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to tell you what. The Holy Spirit will show you some things. Amen. He'll work you over too. There were some things I loved. Good old country music. Woo! Man, that was one of my favorite things. You know what I had to do? I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of country music, eight track cassettes. Remember them, Brother Kenny? Uh, who else in here? Brother Jim? Yeah. I had to throw in the dumpster. Because he basically said, no more. And I started remembering the words in that stuff. Sitting in the bar room, cheating on my wife, drinking that whiskey, and just begin to register. You know what? What use does a Christian have for that kind of stuff being fed into him? What what business does a Christian have waltzing through Facebook and liking all this trash? Come on. You see it posted on there, like by this one, like but Lord help. What in the world? Sanctification. You start losing your interest for the Lord, just making yourself go to church, but you're more involved in this stuff out here and this little trinket where you can get all this gossip and do it. You better pay attention. You better be paying attention. I wish the house was full. Amen. Any comments? Questions. It's good material. I like Amen. it. Amen. I had to do it. I'm still doing it. But as I begin to work on this and get rid of things, I begin to receive other things much better in their place. Amen. From God. Spiritual things. Pouring it out. The more I would give and get rid of and allow Amen. to be washed out of me and out of my life, the more things God poured in. Mm-hmm. It's the way it works. Don't expect a whole lot of spiritual things or any spiritual things at all if you want to play with this mess out here. Mm-hmm. Heard enough. Prepared unto every good work. Is that not what God requires of us, really? Good work? But we can't do good work until we're prepared for good work. Right? Amen. You know the youth of today is being led on a bunch of lies? Is anybody paying attention? Life's about a party. Life's about getting wiped out every Friday night or Saturday night or every night. That's what life's really about. It's out there. Watch the commercials. You ever see a beer commercial where it's only one little bitty vessel? No, they're carrying them both hands. You know why they do that? Excess. It's called marketing. Because it lodges up here. And then they think they got to do this and more of it. It has a psychological effect. Satan knows that. He's the propagator behind a lot of this stuff. Because what he can induce and what he can tempt people to do, and they do it, then he's gaining. 
there's a lot of living rooms and television watching that needs to be cleaned up. I'm going to tell you, I don't mind saying it. Everything in the world comes pouring into your living room and through your house, and then you wonder why you got problems. Because spirits are running everywhere. I'll tell you why you got problems. Because they come right through that thing. Remember the preachers back when TVs first come out, they said those those are evil. They called them one-eyed devils. Oh my goodness, were they ever right? Now they got many eyes. Come on. I'm not preaching against you watching TV. What I'm talking about is what you, what we, what people, what Christians watch. We live in a saturated society that is totally sexual oriented. Everywhere you look, it's in your eyes. Sometimes in the church. What did the scripture say? Absolutely so. We don't need to deny it. If you're flashing skin, folks, it's here. Men or ladies alike, it's bad both directions because you're pulling somebody's eyes towards you. And that causes issues. It causes problems. It causes you problems and it causes them problems. There are people with weaknesses that you're doing nothing but creating problems for. It's everywhere. It's all over. Sanctification. When you sanctify, you start cleaning yourself up in every way you can possibly imagine. That's what sanctification is. Then your spiritual life gets better. You might have to close a little bit of button up here that you normally don't close up. Okay? Guys, you might have to do something to... You know, I'm wondering where all this stuff's coming from. I've got to get on the pulpit now. What in the world is happening to these ministers that they think they got to dress like the world and expose themselves. I've seen some of them. I know what I'm talking about. What do you think that it draws eyes? Young, robust, and they're, they're making sure they're showing something? It causes issues. Well, I didn't know it was going down this road, but here we are. If we don't get this, we're not going to get anything but left out. If you want in with God, then get this. If this church wants in with God, we're seeing some great things. And I believe we're seeing some great things because I've seen evidence of some of this going on. Sanctification. People getting serious about their relationship with God, doing things that they are not doing things they used to do anymore. That's part of sanctification. We don't we don't get all wound up in things that, that pump the emotions in the wrong way. We get wound up in the Spirit of God showing up. And when He does, we want more of it, so yeah. we do more of the sanctification process. Okay? Room for work in all of us, right? Yeah, amen. Flee also youthful lust. Doesn't say nothing about kids there. Doesn't say nothing about teenagers. It says flee youthful lust. Uh-huh. Where do the lust begin usually? When you're youthful, when you're youth. But what happens? They stay with you. It goes with you. Flee means what? Get away from it. 
resist the devil, he'll flee. Yeah. If we flee, we're going to resist the devil, right? Fleeing youthful lust, we're resisting the devil and his temptations. Temptations come our way all the time, don't they? Yeah. Anybody here that temptations don't hit you? <laughs> you ever been doing something great, man, awesome, and all of a sudden, whoo, one philosopher in the world did that come from? It's called fiery darts of the wicked. Shield of faith will extinguish those. Where's the shield of faith come from? Don't think you can just run grab it. Oh, here it is. Let me hold my Bible up. It'll stop it. The shield of faith comes out of here. Yeah. It's part of the armor of God. It's what he's talking about. Matter. Paul speaking that. It's part of the full armor of God. The shield of faith shall quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Which does us well, right? Because yeah, we know if we receive them and let them roll around, we get contemplating on them and letting them do their work, what's going to happen pretty quick? We're going to be committing something. Yeah. Every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know the rest of the story, don't we? Thing, I believe, maybe of most importance in this, is what we get to do for God because we realize this is a necessity and we begin to apply ourselves nearing ourselves to Him and, and it's like he, he begins to open the door to us. More and more. As we, as we apply this and, and become more involved in it and, and realizing and doing again self-inventory and, and examination of our own selves, weeding out the things that we know is not... It's not hard to know things that aren't pleasant to God. I mean, my goodness, if you just look at it, it's not that hard. The hard part is convincing ourselves like that, that we could ever be wrong in anything. That the fault could possibly be mine. That by human nature doesn't like that. We don't want the blame. We don't want to receive the blame. We don't want to be guilty, but we are a lot of times. And when we we understand and we begin to put this thing together and allow it to become a part of who we are, not something that we pick up on Sunday morning and put on for an hour and then go home and take it off. This is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not a shirt or whatever you can put. It's a lifestyle. That's what he's talking about. Sanctification is a lifestyle. And if it's a lifestyle, then we need to more and more apply it. The Bible uses the term make it part of our conversation, which is again lifestyle conversation. It's what we do, what we speak, what we live. And it becomes enormous in us if we receive it and apply it. It becomes huge. Um, in uh, let me finish verse 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow here to, follow righteousness. Follow faith. Follow charity. Follow peace with them that call on the Lord out of a what's your Bible say? Pure heart. Pure heart. Pure heart. Where do you get a pure heart? There's a responsibility we've got to work on this thing to keep it pure. Don't count. I mean, don't think God's going to come down here and smack your heart, make it pure all of a sudden. It's a process. He saves us. He washes us in His blood, forgives us of our sins. But from that point on, we've got a responsibility ourselves to keep expanding for Him. 
to keep doing, to keep living His Word, to continue to sanctify ourselves as we go through this path in this thing called life that somebody's always watching. We are instruments. Privileged instruments in the kingdom of God. You ever think of yourself as one of those? Nathan plays an instrument. He's been refining. He's been learning songs. He's perfecting them. That's a perfect example. If he didn't care a thing, got up here and blew some tune that didn't beat and just off. See what I'm saying? Anybody can show up with a saxophone, right? But man, when you know how to play it and you critique yourself, how many times have you done that? No, that's not right. I've got to get this note right. I've got over and over. Not picking on him, commending you because I'm watching you. Likewise, we should always be trying to perfect our, our image, trying to perfect our abilities, and it's not about us, it's for God. That's what sanctification is for, is for God. If, if, you're, if you're trying to make your way through this thing and you're not changing, and you don't want to change, and changing doesn't sound good, you're probably in the wrong game. There's still hope, but this Christian it calls for for a, a continuance and a continual searching and seeking and and it's just it's just like some of you probably familiar go to the gym and you get you work out and you get in shape and you get buff and you get this or you lose weight or whatever the the results might be. Well, if we can apply this. The more we sanctify ourselves, the more it shapes us spiritually. The more excess we get off. And we feel better spiritually. Anybody here feel good spiritually? No one's like to feel good spiritually? Do you want to feel more good spiritually? Here it is. Take a dose. Let's try it. Let's see. God, He never... He don't make mistakes. He don't put something in here that's not going to be good for us. And this is one of the things that is absolutely essential that we get. It's 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 uh it's like spiritual vitamins. Talk about zeal. Uh, this is this boy, this will beat that stuff in that little bucket all to pieces. Amen. It it's uh zeal's right in the middle. I mean there's a lot of things we could talk about tonight in the way of sanctifying or being sanctified or sanctification. And it might sound like a technical word, but really it's again it's simple in meaning. Um, sanctified look. by the Holy Ghost. What? Sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. That's in here too. It is. It is. Absolutely. There's a lot of it in here. First um, Thessalonians five twenty three. Flip over there. Let's see what he says. Now, right above it. He says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Look what he says in verse 23 now. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Sanctify you wholly. Not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. Completely. Anybody 
experienced any results of what I'm talking about through your Christian experience. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You seeing it work? Yeah. Don't make you feel bad, does it? No. You feel good, don't you? Kind of proud of yourself. Not bad proud, but kind of proud of yourself. Well, if, you know, if, if you've got a little bit and you continue, there's a whole lot more to come. Yeah. About the same thing. The more we sanctify ourselves, the, you know, God opens great doors. But he don't allow garbage cans into his kingdom, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying someone that's got a messed up life that's trashed out, he will save them just as well as he will save somebody that's... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you carry your garbage and you run up to the door of God saying, let me in, let me in. And he says, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> I mean, seriously, should we really expect that? It's a wide teaching. I mean, really, should you really expect that? Just drag anything up to God and say, here I am, look at me. I'm living like the world. But you're supposed to do this for me. You're supposed to bless me. You're supposed to give me spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. You might as well chalk it off right now. It is not going to happen. But I'll tell you what will happen. If you get on board and you start doing what he's talking about right here, you'll see some definite results. I'm telling you, you'll see them. And the more you do it, the more you'll see. Amen. Mm -hmm. He don't owe you anything. No. I already done it for you. Yeah. And if you can't accept it, that's up you well, that that is our golden reason to do this. Yeah. I mean, if God done what He did and gave His only Son, who was tortured to no end for us. Why can't we sanctify ourselves? Why can't we work towards pleasing Him with the way we live and what we do, and 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 become more spiritual? Spirit filled. Amen. It talks about in the Bible about sanctifying yourself. Yeah. And when you do that, you get down at the altar and right. you repent of your sins. Yeah. Part you accept paradigm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and, and you thank Him for everything He done yeah. on the cross. Yeah. And then you got a reason to say, God, do this for me or that. But until you do that, you don't have no reason to ask God for nothing. Good point. Um, anybody here ever something from the past pop up out of the blue? And, oh, ooh, did I really do that? I think a lot of times those are reminders God's showing us. We need to ask forgiveness for that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some say there's a blanket forgiveness, and yes, there is in the salvation experience. We're forgiven of all of our sins when we receive Christ, right? Washed in the blood. They're all gone. What about after that? The Bible says if you sin willfully, I believe, and I can enforce it with Scripture, there are accidental sins. 
you, you kind of like you couldn't help it because there it was and your eyes saw it. Now, I don't know if you classify that as a sin or not, but it happens. But there are willful sins. You know it's wrong. You know it's sinful, and you do it anyway. Yeah. And it becomes a life practice. That's a practice sin. It becomes part of who you are. See the difference? Yeah. You're exactly right. He's not going back to that cross to hang on it again. He's not bleeding anymore. He's got scars in his hands right now sitting on his throne in heaven that we're going to see one of these days. Bad enough right there should be a reason I need to be honoring my God and my Lord Jesus every way I can. And be so appreciative that I can do this. I mentioned a lot of it's just it's pure joy. When we start down this road and we begin to see the results and you know it's like a lot of things you ever go along and you had you know you're working towards something and you stop and say, wait a minute i've got results that's the way it is spiritually wow yeah i can identify this happened and that happened i got this blessing boy the lord kept me from getting run over the other day that ever happened to you What was I at? Wednesday. What? Did I finish reading that? I think so. Okay. Uh, in the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus was praying for the disciples because he was getting ready to go through the process of the rest, crucifixion, and all that. And the prayer's lengthy if you read it sometimes. We could really apply that prayer for the disciples to a personal prayer of Jesus for even us. In 17, he said, sanctify them. Why did he need to say that? They'd walked with him his entire ministry for three and a half years. Because it's an everyday thing. Yeah. Sanctify them. Look at it. Turn over and look. It says something. I think he says something about truth. Yeah, through thy truth, my word is truth. Yeah. What else? Truth is a sanctifier, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. A sanctifier. Let me read it. She got it. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is it. This is where it comes from. Closing here. And I'm not even through. But as I encourage many, many times, if you don't read this word, how are you going to know what is right and what is wrong? The truth is a sanctifier. It enables you. It convicts you. It puts it in black and white. If you've got a sin issue and you run on to it right here and it says thou shalt not, that pretty well means thou shalt not. Yeah. You say, okay, Lord, first, I am so sorry, God, I repent. I'm sorry I did that. Please remove it out of my life. And you get rid of it. And you leave it behind. And you, and I'm telling you what, your load will be lightened when you do that. that that's just, I mean, there's, there's many. That's one example. Uh, i got to close up here. Quickly, any comments or any further questions? And, and I, man, I didn't even get halfway through. 
I might pick up next Wednesday on. But uh, I know through my journey, it didn't. You know, it doesn't happen all at one time. It's one thing after another, step by step, mm -hmm. that you actually got to get those roots out. You know, you don't want yeah. to just well, skim by it. And I believe that's intentional because it it's intentional because some of this stuff it's not going to happen just because you snap your fingers right. I mean it takes some serious prayer again which is involving ourselves serious prayer first of all we got to get it and understand I got I got to take care of this thing in my life that's not pleasing to God clean myself up because of all that should be our desire but uh it's a good point you made. Um, I'm going to close up right here. Uh, I think we'll possibly continue on next Wednesday, but let me, let me stress and emphasize before we go the seriousness. And I'm, I'm going to use the term of the, the deceit in the atmosphere. There's deceit everywhere. Have you felt it? Yeah. There's deceit everywhere. That's how Satan operates, is deceit. And it takes a lot of form. It may not be a blatant lie, but it's just a deceitful spiritual atmosphere that we're living in. And again, that's affecting the church. It, it's, it's bringing some of the church to this kind of teaching and belief that this kind of stuff's not necessary. What's necessary is that I please myself and that I do what I want to do and act like I want to act and live like I want to live and keep what I've got because it makes me feel good or whatever. If you want to near to God, here's the truth. But you got to get in it. you got to get in it. That's the way you get sanctified by the truth. That's right. Word. Okay, anybody else? All right. We shall rise then. One tidbit. Sometimes <clears throat> I know how it comes from here out that way. Sounds like it's accusatory sometimes. Don't take it that way. If it's convicting, then take it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of what we get is that we can help somebody else out there get an understanding. You need to do some things because it's detrimental to your spiritual condition if you don't do some changing. Uh -huh. Amen. And that's how teaching works. It may not be necessarily anybody here doing anything. Everybody, I mean, I'm telling you what we're getting and what we're experiencing is, is for a reason and it's brought about because somebody's doing something nearing their self to God. That, that's why we're seeing the spiritual things that we're seeing here, the movements of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. But there's always room for more perfection in the place of sanctification. So, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. All right. Good to have you tonight. Good to be here. Good to be there. All right. <clears throat> she dismisses. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you sanctify us, Father, Lord, that you allow these words, Lord, and the scriptures, Lord, to come alive in our lives, Lord, to give us the knowledge, Lord, and the strength and wisdom to apply them, Lord, and to use them, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your awesome blessings tonight, God, Lord. We thank you, God, Lord, that you're using us, Father, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, that we uh, have this uh, unity and this relationship with you through your son, Lord. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, God. We pray, Lord, that uh, uh, what we've been taught and what we know of you, Lord, we carry out of these walls, Lord, and into the world, Lord, mm -hmm. and we use them, Lord. And, Lord, we get yes, past, Lord, Lord just, just digging on ourselves and start digging on other people, Lord, and start just exposing them you, to you, Lord, and your goodness. We praise you, Father. We pray for your peace and protection, God, Lord, and your guidance in Jesus' yes, name we Lord. pray. Amen. 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 Hey, praise God. You're dismissed. Thank you.